This is the Deputation Manual, brought to you by BCWE Productions with Austin Gardner. Austin has served on the field of missions for over 18 years. With the Lord's help, he has developed a plan to help aid missionaries in raising their support efficiently and quickly. The purpose of this manual is to give the young men knowledge and discretion, and to take the fear and apprehension out of the deputation process. If God has called you to the mission field, we want to do all that we can to help encourage you along the way. May God bless you in your journey. And now, here is Austin Gardner. Years ago, when God called me to the mission field, the biggest fear I had was going on deputation. What I want to talk to you about is how to overcome the fear of deputation. I tried to apply to every mission board that I could that might not make me have to raise my support. The last thing I want to do is be begging for support. I'd been pastoring a church. I had seen all the missionaries come through our church. They seemed to dress poorly. And I knew one thing. When God called me to be a missionary, I had no desire to be a missionary if I had to do that. I had no desire to go on deputation. I wanted to see if there wasn't a way to get to the mission field without having to raise support. And so I know that uh, when a person is called to be a missionary, they're usually a little bit nervous about being a missionary, and they want to know how do you go about raising the funds to do what God's called you to do. I'm going to tell you some of the things that helped me raise my support and have helped a lot of other folks that we've worked with. Number one, you must believe that God will support you. If God calls me, he knows that he already has my support lined up. Everything is already worked out. Everything's planned. He has the right church to take me on. He has the right place for my money to come from. Nothing's new. When you realize that when you start calling preachers, you keep having a bad attitude. I already know that God already has prepared my support. God already has prepared everything I need for me to get the mission field. And so I can step out calling pastors. One turns me down. I know that guy was not the man God wanted to support me. I know that was not one of the churches that God had to work with me. So realize when you're going to start raising your support that God has already raised your support. Number two, call on God before you call on any church. I decided that I would never make any phone calls without first having spent my time with God. In prayer, in my devotional time, I spent time with God asking Him to work in my life and provide everything that I needed. If you can turn making phone calls into prayer time. If you can turn phone calls into praying God will raise the support, if you can turn phone calls into praying for pastors, to praying for your country, to praying for the needs, to praying that God will give you power as you do the work, God can use that in your life. So I prayed and asked God before I ever started the day. Number three, deputation is hard work. Be diligent. There is no place for the lazy man in the work of God. Make eight hours a day the minimum amount of time that you're going to work. Our job is more important than what the world does, and the world puts in eight hours a day. You ought to be up and calling by 8.30, and you ought to call to 9.30 or 10 at night at a minimum. All you got to do is change the time zones, and you can continue calling. I would suggest that you start booking your meetings within a six-hour radius of your home. When you run out of that, then you can move further out. You can use friends. If you have friends in different areas that can help you get meetings, obviously, that's well within reason that you can do that. You need to learn how to maintain your own schedule. A lot of people that start on deputation have always worked for somebody else. They've always had somebody tell them, punch the clock, be here by this time, work till this time, quit at this time, and go home at this time. Now, all of a sudden, I'm my own boss. I decide what time I come to work. 
I decide when I take a break. I decide how long the break's going to be. If you can't discipline yourself, you won't get the job done. That's why missionaries take four years to raise their support. Number four, gather the proper materials. You need to get a road atlas, a two-year calendar, a mini cassette player, a good laptop computer, and other basic office equipment. My favorite way to do it today is you can buy a Streets and Maps program. And when I'm talking to a preacher, I look down and I see where he's located. I see where I'm located or the last meeting I'm going to be in. I plug those two in and I know if I can make the trip. I like to have a cassette player because during the day, whenever I'm making my calls, I do not write any letters. I do not do any computer work. Now, you can take your computer program and keep your notes about the calls you're making, but all the letters that you're writing and so on, you can do that after you can't make phone calls any longer. Nowadays, with computers, you may not need that recorder, but have some way to save the letter writing because you need to write a letter at a later time when it's not going to interfere with what you're doing. All right, number five, prepare an information brochure about you and your ministry. Make sure it is professionally written and printed. Maybe a trifold brochure, put all the information in it, put your recommendations and so on as that. Also, you need to be sure and print it maybe 10,000 because we are going to give them out liberally in every church to every person because one of our goals is to get prayer support and to get people to know who we are. Number six, develop a letter of introduction. You want to be able to write and tell them who you are. And in that letter, you're going to say, I'm writing to you concerning the ministry that God's given us, et cetera, et cetera. You need a, number seven, a confirmation letter. Number eight, you need a thank you letter. Number nine, you need a prayer card. Everything you can do to make your stuff better than the other guys is going to help you. So if you can have a full-color brochure, a full-color prayer card, anything you do that's better than the other man's is going to help you drastically in the raising of your support. Everybody's sending their letter in, and the letters are blasé, and yours sticks out, they're going to take notice of you. Number 10, build a sharp display. Get the best display you can afford. Do not have a homemade display board. You got to remember that everybody's going to come back and look at your display. Obviously, you want your prayer cards, your brochures, and any materials that you have. Use interactive toys that will draw the children to it. Find things that are from your area that make the children want to come to your table. That will draw the parents to your table. I would just spend a little bit of money and get me a very nice professional display board. Number 11, keep your slide presentation or video presentation short, preferably four to five minutes long, never more than eight to ten minutes. Get your video done by people that know what they're doing and don't do it yourself. I suggest using as few electronics as you can because too many things can go wrong. You do not want to spend five to ten minutes preparing or repairing the problems with your material. I've traveled to the churches with a ultra-modern video projector and a very good DVD, and everything is ready. I got to the church early. The people said, oh, it's no problem. We can run it. And I got it all set up. They got all hooked up. They said, all we got to do is push that button. And I'm sitting there, and they push the button, and nothing happens. Number 12, develop a monthly prayer letter and address database. Your prayer letter serves as a constant reminder of your ministry. Get as many people on your prayer letter as you can. Send it out bulk rate, put on their address correction requested, and send that out and send it to hundreds of people. 
Some of the guys, they say, well, I don't want to waste it. I like to send mine with a first-class stamp, and I like to have it as a personal letter. The only problem is if you want to raise money to do a ministry that's bigger than just the average little thing going on, you're going to need as many people knowing about your ministry, praying for your ministry, and supporting your ministry as you can possibly get. So be careful to get as many people on there as you possibly can. Number 13, start an email prayer letter. Get letters going out to as many people as possible. People are much closer to reading email nowadays than there are prayer letters. I'm afraid the ones that really do a good job, stick them in a notebook and lay them on a table at the back or hang them on the wall, and most people walk in and out and never, ever look at your prayer letter. So you're not getting prayer. Email gets past that and gets to the individual. Number 15, book every meeting you can. If a pastor tells you he cannot book you till three years from now, take the meeting. You might be thinking, I will already have my support raised, but it'd be better to have the meeting booked than get to that time and not have a place to go. Do not overlook opportunities. I would go to off-night services. I would do anything I could to get into as many churches as I can to raise my support. Number 16, set a goal of 250 to 300 meetings. That's how many churches you need to be in at a minimum to raise your support. Raising your support is mainly getting into the right number of churches. Number 17, call at least 1,000 churches. Now, by that, I mean you're going to talk to the pastor personally at 1,000 churches. You're going to make a lot of calls. The number will be wrong. The pastor will have moved or whatever. So you talk to 1,000 pastors, get into 300 churches, 100 churches take you on. The question is, what time should you call pastors? Do not buy into what so many people will tell you, that there are days you shouldn't call because it's a pastor's day off. There is no standard pastor's day off. I wouldn't call on Sunday morning between the hours of 10 and 12. Other than that, they're free game. Call preachers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because they take different days off. Call in the morning, call in the afternoon, call at night. Number 18, always arrive early, at least an hour before the service starts. Some of these pastors are going to really be upset with you when you arrive late, and all of a sudden you come rushing in the church, and you want a table set up for you, you want an extension cord, you want a screen to put your slides on. He is trying to get ready for his service. He's nervous. He's concerned about everything going right, and you show up at the last minute. That's not right. That's not fair. Get there early and make sure everything is working so that you're well ready early enough. Always remember Murphy's Law. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Number 19, pass out prayer cards like candy. You must pass out your prayer cards like as though you're a politician trying to get elected. Shake hands the moment you walk in the door. When you arrive at a church, you shake hands. Everybody you shake hands with, you give them one of your prayer cards and say, Hello, nice to meet you. My name is, I'm a missionary too, and here's one of my prayer cards. Hope you'll pray for me. Give your prayer cards to children. Mamas are watching how you treat the little children. Handle your prayer cards like they were business cards. I suggest that you order at least 10,000 prayer cards to start and give them out freely. Number 20. Don't go home. Never go back to your home church for a Sunday or Wednesday service. If you do not have a meeting, drop in and visit other churches. You need to make up your mind that your job is to raise support. You need to make up your mind that if you don't have a meeting, 
You're going to go out and find a church, find a preacher, and see if you can be involved in his service. When you get there, you're going to give out your prayer cards. You're going to start talking to everybody that you can. Get them as excited about what you're doing as you can. Ask to speak to the pastor. A lot of times that pastor will give you a chance to pray or give your testimony. I've had several of them take me on. I've had lots of them give me a meeting for later. If, while you're there, he asks you out to eat, you go, because that's your time to spend time with him, to get to know him, so that you can raise support. Now, remember this. You do not drop into large churches. You only drop into smaller churches. The larger the church, the more prepared the pastor is, the more he's stuck to his program. The smaller the church, the more likely the pastor is to not have a program, to not know where he's going, especially if he's one of the pastors that's having to work another job and tired. He's been working all week long, and he was nervous about the message he was going to preach anyway. And so you show up, and he's like, man, I didn't know why the Holy Spirit didn't give me a message, but I do now. He sent you to preach the message tonight. Number 21, write positive letters. You need to be careful when you write your prayer letters and when you talk to churches. Missionaries are whiners. They are complainers. They're always upset about something. Write positive letters. Show them what God is doing. No one wants to help a whiner. Everybody wants to get on the bandwagon with a winner. Start counting your blessings. Learn to be thankful. Be thankful and positive in your letters. Be punctual with your letter. A friend of mine who's now in heaven got tired of missionaries not sending out their prayer letters, took one sheet of paper with a big black magic marker, wrote four words on it, no report, no support, dropped it in an envelope, and mailed it to all of his missionaries. And that might give you an idea. So get the letter out and make sure it's a positive letter. Number 22, remember that you are an invited guest. You're an invited guest in another man's pulpit. Respect that. If you're going to preach and the guy says, take all the time you want, the service is yours, brother. Don't ever do that. You find out what time the service is normally over. If he won't tell you, which a lot of times the pastor, especially in the southeast, he'll say, brother, you just preach till God tells you to quit. Don't ever preach till God tells you to quit because God sometimes ain't telling you right because you ain't hearing God. You're hearing your own ego. Go find out with the people. If the pastor won't tell me, I walk over to somebody in the church and say, what time y'all usually get out? He says, well, usually the preacher quits about 12 o'clock. Guess what time I quit? 12 o'clock. If they don't tell me, I will quit at 12 o'clock. Here's what it is. People are used to getting out at a certain time. You go over that amount of time, they tuned you out anyway. Stick within your time limit. Number 23, mind your own business. Do not try to fix problems that are not your responsibility. God did not call you to be a meddler. God called you to be a missionary. You're there to share your burden, not your opinion. You're not there to tell him how his women ought to dress. You're not there to tell him what kind of music his church ought to be using. You're not there to straighten anything out. I want you to realize this. Stick to your own business and stay out of his business. When you're done, that pastor ought to say, boy, that man has a passion. It helped my people. That guy was a good man to have in my church. If you haven't done that, you don't deserve to be a missionary. Stick to your own business. Number 24, keep your preaching centered on Christ. Your opinion of the latest pastoral scandal doesn't matter. Your opinion of what's going on in politics doesn't matter. You do not need to preach on Bible versions. You ought to be mature enough to know what Bible version you're using, and your job's not to go in there and promote a Bible version. Your job's to go in there and raise funds and get prayer support to go to the mission field 
beware of controversial subjects. Do not be afraid to preach on the fundamental truths, but don't preach on women wearing pants, cigarettes, television, or contemporary Christian music. You don't have enough time for that anyway. God didn't call you to be an evangelist. God called you to be a missionary. Preach Jesus. Preach soul winning. Preach world evangelism. Preach surrendering to Christ. Preach on the correct things when you're preaching. Number 25, do not major on the minors. Every negative thing you say about the mission field will be multiplied and magnified. Do not exaggerate. Exaggeration is lying. Be careful how you present the field to your supporting churches. Don't write and talk about poverty. That's another thing that missionaries love to do. We are not a social agency. We don't deal with poverty. We deal with souls. I constantly hear people say things like this, pray for our people, they are so poor. Well, God wants rich people to go to heaven too. God wants middle class people to go to heaven too. There are poor people in Peru. There are poor people in China. There are poor people all over the world. Jesus said you'll have the poor with you always. They do need clothes and they do need food. But if you give them clothes and food, they'll die and go to hell with clothes and food. You're there to give them the gospel. Number 26. Do not preach about personalities. Be careful about mentioning the names of other pastors on the phone or in the pulpit. It may surprise you that some independent Baptist pastors do not like each other. It might surprise you that they're very opinionated. And the best thing you can preach, if you want to preach a personality, preach Jesus. You want to talk about great preachers, preach about Paul, John, Mark, Luke, Matthew. Those guys, most everybody likes them pretty good. Number 27. Learn to be quiet. I hate to say it this way, but watch your mouth. Learn to be quiet. Listen more than you speak. Don't volunteer unnecessary information. Some subjects are best to stay away from completely. I don't discuss sports, politics, or music unless direct questions are asked me about those things. Number 29, preach the word. Share your burden for the field through preaching. Be exciting. Be enthusiastic. Use slides and videos and other things very sparingly. You need to have a 1, 2, 3, 5, 20, and 45-minute message ready so you can preach, no matter what they ask you to do. Businessmen call it an elevator speech, where you can tell who you are, what you are in 15 seconds or less. Get ready. Plan it. Prepare it so that no matter what they ask you to do, you're ready. Don't go in there saying, I'm going to get to preach here. You don't know what's going to happen. Just be ready any amount of time they give you. Here's the deal. They don't think missionaries can preach. If I'm given a chance to get up somewhere, a lot of times I don't even say my name. Number 30, walk through every open door. If a pastor tells you that he will not be able to take you on for support, but offers you a meeting, take it. You always take every opportunity to present your ministry. It's hard to get in the door. Get in that door, preach. Number 31, try not to spend all week tied up in a missions conference. Unless it cannot be avoided, try not to stand a missions conference for every service. Remember, you only get 156 services a year. When you stand a conference, some conferences can take up to three of that 156. They'll say, well, we want you Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I'm always glad to be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday because that's one of my nights. I don't mind being there that. I need to be in more churches. So get into as many as you possibly can. Number 32, call your friends first. Call everyone you know in the ministry. 
whether he's a pastor, an assistant pastor, or another minister, and get all the meetings you can from them, get all the places you can drop a name. If you can say, Brother Gardner said to give you a call, that'll help you if somebody likes me. There might be one out there that does. And so, like, if you can say, my pastor said call you. In other words, that's who you call first because it's hard enough to get meetings. So start with your contacts. Start with people you know. Number 33, borrow prospects from your missionary friends. Ask other missionaries if they'll tell you who is likely to give support. Talk to the men who are successful. Ask for advice and help. Learn from those who've already done it. A lot of guys take forever to raise their support, while other men are gaining theirs very quickly. I would hang around with the guys that are moving. And you know what? If you got low support, don't hang around with the other guy who's not getting any support because you'll only learn to be like him. Find a guy who's moving, getting his support quickly, and get as many names and everything as you can. Number 34, do not use anybody's name. Do not use anyone's name without permission. My pastor got very upset one day. He told me, he said, I can't believe it. Why would you tell that guy to call me? I said, brother, I didn't tell him to call you. I said, he got my prayer card. He said, is this your pastor? I said, yep, that's all it was to said, and he called you. I said, if anybody tells you I called, call me, and I'll tell you if I did. I don't tell people to call him unless I really want him to, and then I'll call him and tell him I'm saying to call. Number 35, how to respond to inquiries. When you are asked for information about your ministry, make sure you send all of the following. You need a letter of introduction, your prayer card, your trifold brochure, some information about your mission board or church if you're going out of your local church, some information about the country you represent, and a note thanking them for their interest. Whenever you have a secure date, you need to send a confirmation letter within a week of the call. Write them and say, as we talked on the phone on such and such a date, at such and such a time, I'm writing to confirm with you that I'll be with you for this and this time. Make sure you do that. I do not call them on the phone before I go to their church to remind them I'm coming. I will send a letter. I do not call. Why? Because it takes more work for him to write me a letter and cancel or for him to pick up the phone and cancel than it does for me to call him up and him say the letter. Oh, by the way, I decided to cancel with you. I've had many a meeting that I showed up at the meeting and the guy said, number 36, don't waste money on your information pack. It's best that you not spend too much money on that. I know guys are sending out cassette tapes and CDs and all kinds of expensive things in their information pack. Most pastors are going to read one page. They're too busy. They're already going to get 10 letters this week. When your letter comes, they're going to open it. If the front page doesn't grab them, they definitely aren't reading the next page. And all they're going to do is say, oh, look at that. Let's Boom, throw it in the garbage. If you want to give a lot of information, put it on the web page. Let them be able to access the web page. Because if you spend a dollar everybody you send a package to, you're asking for trouble. You don't need to send a bunch of information, so just don't waste some money on it. Number 37, be careful about filling out missionary questionnaires. I usually do not fill out questionnaires. I think that the majority of questionnaires are used for the wrong purposes. Instead of using a questionnaire to determine if they should support a missionary, they use it to find a reason not to support you. I may fill it out, but I do not feel obligated to answer every question on the forum. Number 38, get organized. Keep your schedule organized. I like to keep two calendars, one on paper and one on the computer. The paper copy is easiest to use while making phone calls. Keep good notes about every phone call. You can use ACT or Microsoft Outlook and keep very good records of everything you're doing. Be flexible. If he says he's booked in February, ask him about March. March is full. We'll talk about April. Be persistent but not obnoxious.
Try to get meetings as close together as possible. When I was starting out and had little or no money, I'd often take a meeting on Sunday morning, drive five or six hours to the church on Sunday night. I'd have to leave home at 3 a.m. in the morning to get to my Sunday morning meeting, drive all Sunday afternoon, and get home extremely late the next night. But you need to book as many as you can. Number 39, plan ahead. Someone said, plan ahead. It was not raining when Noah built the ark. There's a good chance that the church you're staying at will not be considerate enough to get you a place to stay for the evening. If not, you should already know before you get there where there's a prophet's chamber in the area or someplace that you and your family can stay. So plan ahead. Know where you're going. Know where you'll have to stay if the church doesn't provide you with a place. Number 40, stay on track. Deputation should not take more than two years. If you follow the advice that we're giving here, it will not. When I hear of a missionary that takes three or four years to raise his support, I know one or two things have happened. They went on deputation without any instruction, advice, or training, or they were lazy and not willing to work. Some men start out well but tire quickly. Do not be easily discouraged. Number 41, set a goal of 13 meetings a month, no less. There are 13 services in a month. You get 13 meetings in a month. Try not to be at any more missions conferences than you have to be. Most of the time, missions conferences aren't the best place to get support. If you start talking around with the missionaries, you'll find out which ones are and which ones aren't. Some missions conferences, they take on all the missionaries. Others, they bring in 30 missionaries and take on three. And so unless you're the best-looking guy, your wife sings, your children dance, you probably ain't going to get support. So be careful about going to those. 42, watch your family testimony. Carefully consider your family testimony on deputation. I guarantee you everyone else will. People will notice how your wife is dressed, how your children behave, the length of your hair, just about everything else about you. They'll even scrutinize the photo on your prayer card. No matter how hard you try, you're going to offend someone, but your goal ought to be not to unnecessarily offend people. Let me just say, let's get a few things real quick. Number one, check your prayer card. If you see too much flesh on your wife or the clothes is flesh colored or anything, don't print the prayer card. Check splits in your wife's dresses. Check the cleanliness of the stuff. I'm serious. They judge you when they see you walking in. You need to look at your wife and say, could anybody criticize the way she's dressed? You need to have your children walk in and sit down and be quiet. Number 43, take care of your family. Deputation is hard. You must take care not to destroy your family. It's far better to have your family travel with you. Make sure you have special love times. Make sure you have special times you play with the kids. Make sure you have times you take them special places. In all honesty, deputation can be a blast if it's done right. You need to respect and have concern for your family and your wife while you're on deputation. Number 44, be a giver and not a taker. Do not go into the church with an attitude, how much can I get? Rather, go in and say, how much can I give? Participate in the services. When the offering is passed, put something in the offering plate. Give. Now, don't get up and say, I'm here to help you, because that's a lie. That is part true, but the fact of the matter is, you didn't call them to say, hey, I'd like to know if I can come by your church and give you something. You call them to say, I'd like to come by and see if I can get money out of you and prayer out of you. So don't go in there and brag about, I'm here to help you. Number 45, help where you can. Make it a goal to help the pastor's church and ministry in some way before you leave. Encourage him and his people to continue serving the Lord. If you arrive, 
they're on a Saturday and they're having a work day, you can participate. Help them. I am not saying that you have to paint the church, wash the buses, put on a new roof to get support. But if you're there and the opportunity is there to serve, serve. Number 46, stay focused. There are four main purposes for deputation. Raise financial support. Raise an army of prayer warriors. Promote the cause of missions around the world to edify and build the church. So stay on goal. Do what you have to be able to do. Number 47, set up a budget. You need a budget as a missionary. You need a budget for the field. You need a budget for deputation. You need to start raising money now. Don't live on all the money you have coming in. Missionaries are so funny. When they first start out, they can live on nothing. When they get more, they got to live on all of that. You need to save all the money you can to get set up when you go to the mission field. You need to live on as little as possible, save as much as you can, because when you get to the field, you're going to need a lot of money. I tell folks coming to South America, you need somewhere between twenty-five and 30000 to get started for the first year. That's a lot of money. But by the time you obtain a house, a vehicle, pay for paperwork, shipping, buy tickets for your journey, buy furniture, you're going to spend that much money. So don't spend money just because you have money. Number 48, yield your life to the Lord's will. Many times God's using deputation to make you grow in him. I think sometimes people take as long with deputation as they do because God needs to break them and they need to grow spiritually. Maybe they're too hung up on money. Maybe they've never learned to die to themselves. Maybe they've never learned to think about anybody but themselves. And God's going to use it for that during their life. Number 49, recognize the pitfalls and avoid them. There are two major pitfalls on deputation, laziness and a lack of personal discipline. Work. Make a schedule. Work. Stick to it. Number 50, share your burden. You're not trying to raise support, but rather to find the support that God raised for you. God already has the money out there. All you got to do is find it. Your goal ought to be to share your burden, make them see your desire to go. Your passion must be communicated. If you don't have a real burden, you'll never be able to get it across to them. Somehow, make the people that are listening to you know you really believe that God has a plan and God wants to use you. Be ready at every opportunity to talk about your plan of action for the field. If a pastor knows what he's doing, he's going to say, what are you going to do on the field? He doesn't want you to say, well, there's a lot of people, a lot of them going to hell. Y'all pray for me. He wants to know, what are you going to do? So get ready to tell him. Make sure you have a plan. Be careful not to fall into the trap of printing a prayer card and having no experience. Develop a plan that spells out how you're going to win souls. Develop and train leaders. Everybody buys a prayer card. All you got to do is go pay a printer. He'll print your prayer card, and you'll say, I'm going to win souls, train national believers, and plant churches. The truth of the matter is you never won a soul, you never have discipled anybody, and you never have trained any leaders. So get a plan. Learn how to do it. Start reading and studying. Be ready. You could do more if you prepare yourself. Be willing to explain how you're going to do the job. I know some churches that sit down with you and say, lay out your plan. If you can't lay out a workable plan they can understand, they won't support you. Number 51, don't settle for average. You must double the effort and enthusiasm of most missionaries. Do not be another average missionary. It's hard enough to get support. So go in there sharper than them, with better material than them, with better messages than them, knowing what you're going to do. Be sharp. Number 52, be ethical. Show biblical character in all that you do. Do not be motivated by desire to be loved, but by desire to please God. 
practice what you preach. Do not violate policies or standards of your mission board or local church. If you're not willing to accept their standards, do not accept their support. Don't lie. Number 53, keep your head up. God uses men. Being humble does not mean being weak. You should never lower your eyes to anyone. Look other men straight in the eye. Keep your head up, keep your mouth shut, and give a firm handshake. In other words, keep your chin up. I don't talk about don't talk. When you go around with your mouth open, it kind of sets you up to look like a, a retard. Uh, shake hands like a man. Squeeze it. Look them in the eye. If you're confident that God has called you, then act confidently. You're an ambassador for the king of kings. Make sure your pants are long enough. Don't wear high water pants. Make sure your, your hair is short enough. Make sure your clothes are clean. Do not dress like a boy in a leisure suit and sports coats. Dress like a businessman. If you're going to tell the world about Jesus, then dress like his ambassador. I highly suggest no sports coats for young men. Nothing wrong with a sports coat. A sports coat is a sports coat. It's not as dignified. It's not as serious as a suit. Dark suits, conservative suits. Don't get a six-button suit. If you'll go down to your place where you buy suits, the guy who sells suits, he will tell you those are trendy. Don't buy trendy things. Buy what's the standard. When you get older, you can wear colored shirts, wild ties, and do things because then you're old enough that they don't think you're a kid. But just remember this. When you walk in the church and the pastor looks down, is he going to think, who's that boy? It's amazing the clothes make the man. You take a policeman out of his uniform. He may be 25 and he's a kid. Put him in his uniform and he's a policeman. Take a military man. The way he dresses, the way he talks, the way he walks is authority. Take him out of that. He's just another one of the guys. Dress appropriately to get your support. Remember this and we quit. When God guides, God provides. You don't have to go around asking the question, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my money? God has already provided it. If he called you, he has everything prepared for you. Don't be lazy. Don't be slothful. Get out and do the work. Raising support will actually become something that you enjoyed and was a blessing to you if you have the right attitude. If you go with the right attitude and the right spirit, if you go knowing God's called you, deputation is not the monster you believed it was going to be. Almost every guy that I know has done it right. They've raised very good money very quickly, and they've enjoyed it very much. Hudson Taylor once said, God's will done in God's way will never lack God's supplies. Now that you have finished this manual, the question is not, what do I do? But am I willing to do it? We pray that God will give you great success as you step out by faith and begin what he has called you to do. The journey is not easy, but we hope that these instructions will help ease the journey. If we can help in any way, you can contact us at 1-888-GO-TO-BCWE. That's 1-888-GO-TO-BCWE. Or for more helpful resources, visit our website at www.bcwe.org. And on behalf of Austin and we here at BCWE, thanks for listening.